Word on Fire is brought to you by Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Chicago area since 1837. This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents the Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, the Church gives us a very special gift this week because in the Gospel we hear, it's in Matthew's Gospel, of Jesus' first public appearance, when Jesus emerges on the scene and begins to preach. So we need to pay very careful attention. A bit like the overture of an opera when the great themes are sort of foreshadowed. So here we have the themes of Jesus' life and ministry and preaching foreshadowed. Here's a curious thing now first. I'm reading from Matthew's Gospel. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, along the sea beyond the Jordan, heathen Galilee. A people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those who inhabit a land overshadowed by death, light has arisen. Matthew's quoting from the prophet Isaiah, predicting the time when the Messiah will arrive. He will appear in this land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali. What does that mean? Why are those two lands mentioned? Well, keep in mind, biblical Jews read their history, their geography, everything mystically and religiously. It all had religious significance. The land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, up in the north, around the Sea of Galilee. During Isaiah's time, that was the land most immediately threatened by the Assyrian Empire. And that was the greatest enemy to Israel. Assyria, as it were, brooding over this northern territory. A land overshadowed by death, as Isaiah says. So why is this mentioned here? Well, how interesting, Matthew says, that the Messiah appears first up in this north country. He appears in Galilee, the land of Zebulun and Naphtali. The Messiah, Christians, appears in a land overshadowed by death. That means he appears in our world, not hovering above it, not aloof to it, but the Messiah appears in our world. Think of just the last few years. Talk about a land overshadowed by death. We've had the terrible events of September 11th. We had all the global upheaval that's followed that. Think of the whole situation in Iraq. Think of the terrorist acts, the beheadings. Think just now, a few weeks ago, that tsunami that killed 150,000 people. Well. The world is a dark and dangerous place. It always has been, always will be. And the Messiah appears in that land. Threatened land. Dangerous, dark place. The Messiah stands with us in the muck and confusion of the human condition. This is good news. This is good news. We don't come crawling to the Messiah but if I can put it this way, the Messiah comes crawling to us. 
joining us in our human situation. That's the land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtali. Now, he appears publicly for the first time. What's the first word out of his mouth? Repent. Repent. Jesus, well, he's a nice guy. Always there for you. Never challenges you. That's not the biblical perspective. Never is. First word out of his mouth. Change. You need to change your life. The Messiah has come now to bring the divine life to us. And he's calling us to change. Stop being so violent. Stop being so self-absorbed. Stop being so dominated by your passions and your sensual desires. Stop ignoring the poor and the hungry and the homeless. Change your life. Christians, you let Jesus Christ into your life. You are letting this voice into your life. He won't leave you alone. Don't expect that. Oh, I, I'm a good religious person. I, Jesus Christ is the center of my life. But nothing important in my life changes. I'm stuck in all my old habits, all my old proclivities, all my old ways of sin. Every time you turn to the Lord Jesus Christ, every time you realize He's in your life, this is the voice you hear. Change. Change. Repent. Now there's more to it. Listen. As he was walking along the Sea of Galilee, he watched two brothers, Simon, now known as Peter, and his brother Andrew, casting a net into the sea. They were fishermen. Remember that scene in the book of Genesis, just after the creation of human beings? Yahweh, the Creator, walks with Adam in the cool of the evening. Which, of course, for the desert people of the Bible, that was the best time of the day, the cool of the evening. Yahweh walks in easy friendship with Adam. That's what God wants. God wants to be our friend. Thomas Aquinas said, the essence of the spiritual life is to cultivate a friendship with God. Sin, beginning with Adam and coming up and down the ages, sin is a rupturing of that friendship a suspension of it. Now, I love this. It's beautiful. As Jesus begins his public ministry, he appears on the scene, he says, repent. Then he watches these two brothers. And the Greek verb behind this translation entails steady, attentive watching. He watches carefully. This is Yahweh now incarnate in our world, in our flesh, Yahweh seeking communion again, seeking friendship with the sons of men. That's why he watches these two brothers. What does he say to them? He says, come after me. Now that's a, a Semiticism. Come after me. He's not saying, believe my doctrine. Primarily, He's not saying, primarily, follow my political party. He's not saying, accept my ideas. What he's saying is much more 
personal and existential. Come after me. That means conform your life to mine. Walk as I walk. Think as I think. Gesture as I gesture. Move as I move. Come after me. Get in line behind me. Christians, here's discipleship. First word, repent. You've got to change. Don't expect this to leave you unchanged. Secondly, we're dealing with a God that wants friendship with us. He wants intimacy with us. How do we get it? By walking behind Him. Coming after Him. Conforming our lives unto His. This is the whole demand of discipleship. Now, more specifically... Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. It's one of the great turns of phrase, of course, in the New Testament. Here they are, fishermen. Their whole life is to catch fish. Come after me, and I'll make you fishers of men. What happened when we sinned? We ruptured our friendship with God, and when we did that, and in the measure that we did that, we ruptured our relationship with everybody else and everything else in the cosmos. When you're aligned to God, who is the creative source of all that is, you are necessarily aligned to everything else in the universe. And, and, when you rupture that friendship with God, you rupture your relationship with everybody else. Which is why, Christians, sin is a scattering force. Origen says, where there's division, there's sin. Period. End of argument. I've said to you before, diabolos, the name for the devil in Greek, means the scatterer, the one who throws things apart. Jesus says, come after me. Be conformed to me. Change according to my demands, and I will make you gatherers again, fishers of men who will bring people back to me and therefore back to each other. This is our task as a church. This is what it means to be converted to Christ, to come after him. We draw the world together in love. Fishers of men. Evangelization, proclaiming the faith, yes. Drawing people to Christ, yes. That is not an option. That's not one thing we may or may not do. That is the heart of the matter. Your obligation, my obligation to bring people to Christ Jesus, to fish them, to bring them into him, that is absolutely central to our task as believers. Not for some few people in the church to worry about. All of us become fishers of men. What's their response? And it's beautiful, isn't it? It always strikes me when I reread this passage. They immediately abandoned their nets and became his followers. Friends, we've been waiting for centuries. We've been waiting for eons to discover the divine friendship. That's what our hearts desire. That's what every one of us at the ground of our life wants is friendship with God. Sin 
is like this poison. It's like this disease. It's like this block and barrier to everything we want in life. And so, when it comes, when it's on offer, when the divine friendship is there in front of you, move. Act. Now. That's the point here, I think. What a tragedy. That so many of us dawdle when the offer of the gospel is made. Here it is. Here it is. Here's Jesus Christ himself. And listen, he looks at you the same way he looked at Peter and Andrew. Watches you with great love. He calls you through his church, through the words of scripture, through preaching. He calls you the same way he called them. And he wants to give you the one thing that will make you happy. And so, brothers and sisters, anyone listen to me, so, you don't wait. You don't dawdle. You don't procrastinate. You don't make excuses. You drop everything and you follow him. Now, mind you, it doesn't mean, okay, I mean, I have to become a priest or a nun or a monk. No, not necessarily. It might mean that in some cases. But no, what it means is you drop all this other stuff that preoccupies you. Money and power and fame and all the things the world wants for us. Forget that. Drop that. Those are the nets that Peter and Andrew dropped. Those are those nets for you. Drop that. And follow him. Come after him change in accord with his demand walk behind him no matter what state of life you're in single married whatever state of life you're in walk after him become his disciple and then you find that one thing that will make you joyful and god bless you i hope that you were moved today by the word on fire i pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. Most interment arrangements at the 42 Archdiocese of Chicago cemeteries are made through a pre-need plan. Your thoughtful planning today is economically prudent and contributes to peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Catholic Cemeteries counselors are available at your convenience. For more information, call 708-449-6100. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837.